We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, oh, man, I'm excited for this one. Forget about you for a second. We are joined by I don't Lance. Just you know, tell everybody what you do. I gotta say your last name too, Lance. Say it, Husky. I, That's I beautiful. Right there. Mm, All right, not bad. All right, Lance. Tell us what you do, and <laughs> also you know where we can find you, where we can find your yeah, work, yeah. all that fun stuff. Yeah, right on. So I'm a player development analyst, and I'm also like kind of a multimedia producer with the Chicago Cubs Regional Sports Network, known as Marquee Sports Network. Um, I come from kind of a weird background. I was an accounting major in undergrad, uh, and eventually pivoted out and went to journalism school at Northwestern. And I did some video editing for Driveline Baseball. That's kind of one thing that I think is definitely connecting me to a lot of people in baseball that are currently in major league positions and stuff. Most notably on the Angels, Bill Hazel was actually the individual who hired me at Driveline. Uh, and he's now your guys' assistant pitching coach. One of the best dudes I've ever met. He's taught me so much about the sport and pitching and stuff. So it's just been, he's just a great dude. I'm so happy for him. Um, but yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a huge nerd. Uh, I think the key thing that was just trying to reduce some of it down to a digestible form. That's always been kind of my goal is to, you know, I, I think in the past, I always had the idea of like, I want to turn people like, uh, how do I say this? Change their minds. That's what I'm searching for. Change their minds. Like they believe something. I want to turn that into something else. Turn that into something that I may think is maybe a little bit sharper, but as I've been in this industry a little bit, I think I've realized that I just want to like present the other side of the argument, if that makes any sense, and like leave it up to you as to whether you want to make that decision. So I, I find my job is just more so presenting the other side 
presenting at an angle that might be a little different than something that's you know anecdotally believed or something like that but uh it's been a it's been a wild ride and i'm hoping it kind of keeps going from here i absolutely love your work um and the reason why you know we wanted to get you on you had a fantastic video about reed detmers and his slider breakdown and a bunch of other things um as well so i mean where can people find you know your twitter yeah. the youtube that's like I, i've been going through the youtube now and it's uh it's it's a, it's a lot of fun to go through it now <laughs> yeah the youtube is kind of was a bit of like a passion project that i now try to push a little bit more it, it's basically like a way for me to get reps trying to explain things so it was, it was almost more of just my own personal thing like i didn't even really care too much about engagement i would say like I, it doesn't have a ton of engagement but it's just like it's something I could just sit down and like, I'm trying to think through and talk through something. It allows me to do so. And I, and I get content out of it to some extent, but I'm, I'm permanently on Twitter, Lance B-R-O-Z, just the first four letters of my last name. And the YouTube account is, I think the same. You just search Lance B-R-O-Z. I imagine I'll come up. Um, I'm on Marquee and I hopefully will be able to expand the repertoire to some other, uh, some other networks this year, but that's kind of still in the works. So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you guys are not following him, go do that right now um, i'll also drop it because we do it youtube as well because we want to do the yeah. exact same thing we want to explain stuff um so i'll drop it in um you know the uh, description below so with that being said nate i'm gonna forget about you some more because i want to keep get this rolling here and everybody knows how you're doing you're negative nate negative nate i don't like that name anymore you know no the fans are actually getting upset with that name so we're gonna have to stop calling you because it's realistic is what it is but keep going all right all right right. i got a question here for you guys i didn't tell you before we started um but it's huge controversy right now people are making too big of a deal about i think you guys kind of know where i'm going with this um lance i'll start with you edwin diaz got hurt in the world baseball classic I want to know your thoughts on the World Baseball Classic. Like, it's it's not a waste of time. Tell me it's not a waste of time. Of course not. Come on, man. It's like the easiest <laughs> question. That was a layup. I mean, it's un- unbelievable. I mean, you just hear the guys talk about it. Like, whether, you know, an individual who is a fan of an indiv- a certain team loses a player, like, I, you have to accept that risk, right? Like, it, it just is, is what it is. Like, these guys love doing it. The passion they play was incredible. Like, the, the amount of fans that are attending these games, it's it's unbelievable. It's like a cultural event more so than a pure baseball game. I, I see no issue with it at all. I'm in full agreement. Nate, I yeah. believe you're in full agreement, but go ahead, give your thoughts. Yeah. You that I, Edwin Diaz got hurt. Yeah, of course. I mean, you never want to see injuries. Nobody roots for injuries ever, but um, you, you've heard it from the Dominican team before the game. Like um, most of their guys are saying they'd, they'd rather win the world baseball classic than win a world series. Like it is that important to them in their country. So of course I would love to keep this thing going. What people forget about, Gavin Lux got hurt in spring training. We're getting rid of spring training because he tore his ACL there. Paul George, you know, he missed an entire year because he he got hurt in a Team USA practice, not even a game. So, like, they still play uh, basketball for, for the U.S. And, and things like that. So, I think people are just overreacting because it's a, it's a guy on a big market team and he just got a big contract, so people are going to freak out about it. I think if this was a – uh, a prospect that not too many people knew about that nobody would be saying anything. Yep. And I agree with both of you guys. I think I, I've, I was at the uh, Adam Jones catch. That was the most electrifying mm-hmm. game that I think I've ever been at. And then, you know, it's awesome. It, oh, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, and then the Stanton home run, it was, like I said, one of the coolest things and not just coming from an angels fan who hasn't been to the playoffs all that much lately. Um, just from a baseball perspective, it was one of the most unbelievable games I've ever been to. Um, and I think those who, are you know talking bad about the world baseball classic just haven't been to a game um and probably should get out to a game because it's it is unbelievable so with that being said love all those answers um we're here to talk a little bit of reed detmers lance you had the fantastic uh video that sparked a lot of interest um with a lot of people actually um 
you have Reed Detmers as one of your breakout players of the year uh, in this 2023 campaign. If you talk to Angels fans, he probably broke out last year. Um, but yeah, to, say he would yep. break, yeah, to say he would break out more, I wouldn't surprise any of us. Uh, why is this? You think he's going to be a breakout player this year? Yeah, yeah. So I it's it, I will say the breakout term might have been a little, little buzzy purely to get some engagement there. But he did have a great season last year. And, I, you know, look at some of the peripherals. You just look at like a simple ERA to FIP comparison, like, or XFIP more so where it's standardizing a home run rate. Like he maybe overperformed a little bit, but you also see a lot of guys, especially lefties, I think for the most part, because of a lot of deception angles, the angles they create to righties can kind of outperform those consistently, I think a little bit more. Um, I really like the slider. I, I think it in the land of sweepers that we've seen where you're talking about a pitch that's lateral, you know, the Otani throws one. There he goes. A good, great example. He's, he's, his is really hard. His is like 87. He gets up to like sometimes 20 inches of horizontal on that thing. His is a bit of a unicorn in terms of how much movement he gets for the velocity it's at. But generally you're thinking about that sweeper between like 82 to 84, anywhere around 13 plus horizontal. So breaking away from a righty if you're a right-handed pitcher. And that's kind of taken over baseball. I, I'd say almost more so it's maybe more of a reliever weapon, but there are some guys who throw it in starting rotations. Otani being one. You think of like Drew Rasmussen on the Rays is another. But you're also seeing, I think, a contrast. You know, whenever something happens trend-wise in a sport, I think there's often a pullback. And I think I initially saw a lot of people on Twitter and stuff to pointing out how like gyro sliders, which are basically sliders that don't have as much lateral movement. So if you watch them in a game, they're not breaking a lot right to left. They're kind of just dropping. It's spinning like a bullet. That's the, the simplest way to think about it is bullet. And one of the more unusual concepts that I, not unusual, but one of the concepts that I always like going back to is if you think about like the rifling of a bullet out of a barrel stabilizes the flight. And that's why it was so important as like an innovation in world history. The gyro ball is the same idea. So the concept there is that it's maybe a little bit easier to command if we think that things are thrown harder and have more movement or harder to command then sweepers are tough to command zone rate on those, how often pitchers get them in the zone is somewhere around like 40%. I think at the major league level, you see variations of that up to 50 and some below where it barely even becomes a usable pitch. In my opinion, gyro sliders, I think are probably make up the bin. That's maybe 45% around there. So you'll, you'll generally see those thrown in the zone more consistently. Guys are able to command them. Generally that's because the pitch doesn't have a lot of what you'd call spin induced movement. The key for it, though, is it's got to be thrown hard. And the damage on this pitch when it's over the plate is generally much more debilitating for a starting pitcher than what is created via a sweeper. Sweepers are just kind of hard to barrel in general. But gyro sliders, when they're missed, say, arm side, you're trying to throw that down away from a right knee to miss arm side on, it comes up into the zone. Like that, the slug on that pitch really, really goes up. So maybe there's something ideally that's between a sweeper and a gyro slider. Maybe that's the next evolution is teams to go towards that. But the gyro slider is an interesting pitch. And I often think it's really deceptive coming out of lefty like Detmer's hands. And he last year had a lot of variation in the slider month to month. And the video, I kind of broke this down. It went from like kind of this weird downer curve, which was a variation off of the regular curvy through, went to a full sweeper in May where it was like 82 with 10 plus horizontal. Then it kind of went back to a weird in between. And the main trend is just that it got harder and harder and harder. Got up to like 88 miles per hour average in September, right around there. And it kind of lost all that spin induced movement and it became this gyro ball, so to speak, this gyro slider, bullet slider, whatever you want to call it. And at 87, it's a really good pitch. Any model is really going to like that pitch. Though there's an old adage that like any slider above 85 is good. And if you're getting above 87, it's even better. My idea here in calling him a breakout was I just think that A, projections are going to look at a full season rather than maybe last two months. And generally, I think that's a concept to believe in, right? Like the entirety of a season is probably more predictive in general 
than the final five starts of a guy's season or final half of a, you know, second half versus full season. I think full season is generally more predictive, but I think we're getting to the point now, you know, Saris does a great job. This the athletic where when you can see a deliberate pitch change, I think it's reason to kind of go away from what a projection is saying and taking the full aggregate of a season. And I think this is where you kind of get the advantage. It's almost like a little bit of a cheat code to just be like, Oh yeah, he changed his slider. By the time he got to August, September, that pitch was very different. It's a much better pitch. And he was able to command it, created a lot of swing and miss, had a really good, really good final two months of the season off these two pitches. And my concept, my guess here is that he's just going to try to throw it even harder. And knowing a little bit about Bill, how Bill Hazel works, the new assistant pitching coach for the Angels, I imagine he just wants him to throw that pitch harder. Velocity is king. If he can get that thing up to 89 plus, it just becomes an even better pitch. And I think that pitch over the course of a full season will allow him to kind of repeat the 377 he had. I, I went a little aggressive and said he'd beat it and maybe be like, like three five sub three five ERA, um, but I really like the idea of strikeouts jumping a little bit. I think this is a pitch he'd be able to control, so maybe he's not going to end up like a Patrick Sandoval where he walks a lot of guys and such. But I just really like him as a pitcher. I think that this is just one of those things where you are looking at a deliberate change rather than just pulling the full season and building a projection off of that. But yeah, these dart sliders are fun. You got to throw them hard. He throws it really hard. If this thing can get up to like ninety plus, like it's a nasty, nasty pitch. That's a lot to take in. Yeah, I, I promise. I, I take I take it all in. I know Nate. No, I know, I know Nate's I, I taking was, it all in. No, I think that was great. And I love it. J- just wanted to add it. a couple things. One, Let's do it. I I don't think the breakout word is is not is uncalled for here. I think he took the first step in his development last year, and this is his breakout year. I think this is the year you see that next step forward. So I don't think that you were wrong in calling it a breakout year. Uh, and we have seen in spring training, it, it's up around 88, 89. Like it's been harder gyro slider. Um, and I was going to ask, and you kind of already hit on this a little bit with, with Hazel. He likes this pitch a lot. And I think we saw a little bit out of Patrick Sandoval in the Mexico USA game. Do you think this will be more of a tool for the angel pitchers with Bill coming over? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't say it's something that Bill, I can't say I know much about how he operates you know, pitch wise, like what do they prefer certain pitches? Generally, most assistant pitching, most pitching coaches I talk to, some of the ones that are more data slanted, Bill's a very data slanted coach, um, but he's also really good at just understanding players and such and understanding their strengths. I think most people, generally, not, not specifying to Bill, would just say they would take a pitcher, let me see their base repertoire if they're a major league pitcher, give me a stuff model I believe in. So something that considers velocity, considers the shape of the pitch, maybe consider some very simple factors like release height and such. And let me work towards better offerings off what he has based on the stuff model I like. So maybe there's something about Detmers that he prefers this kind of gyro slider with as opposed to the sweeper. It could be a control thing. Um, maybe they're looking at other underlying stats from a hitter side of like, hey, actually this pitch isn't allowing as much damage over the plate when you miss with it. You know, there could be a variety of variables there as to why maybe he prefers this. But I also think that Bill has built out. I mean, there's all if you're a pitch design person, which he was the primary pro pitching guy over at driveline, like you're probably working with a lot of pitchers. I'm sure he's giving guys sweepers all the time, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure he's giving guys drought sliders where he thought it fit better. But I think it's as any coach would tell you, they're trying to optimize that player's strength. So I don't necessarily know if it's a tool that you're going to see the angels like throw at every pitcher now. There's the gyro slider team. Um, I'd say the Detmers is maybe more of a one-off case. It's also really hard to throw a gyro slider at 89. Like I think the Rays yeah. are a team and the Miners that really like this pitch. Um, there are not a lot of guys that get this pitch above 89, generally because 
you're getting to the side of the ball. You're creating bullet spin as, as Jared was showing a little bit. Um, that's kind of hard. Generally you think of the concept of like, okay, when a pitch goes from a giant slider to a cutter, it gets harder. Why does it get harder? Generally because you're getting behind the ball more, which allows you to impart a little more force and velocity on the ball. I might be getting some of those physics terms wrong, but that's generally how I think of it, right? Like behind the ball more cutter harder. So like when you're not behind the ball more to throw at 89 plus is very difficult. And this is why it's not a pitch that I think a ton of guys throw. You'll see like the DeGrom style one that has a little bit of that backspin mm-hmm. um, cutter side. That's like 90, but to get like truly no inches of spin induced vertical movement and no horizontal at 90 is really difficult. It's a very, very hard pitch to throw. And I think that's unique. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, and like just kind of going back and almost dating myself a little bit, I remember like, the craze of Daisuke Matsuzaka and he mm. threw the, the gyro the ball gyro at the time. Ball. And people thought it it was a rise ball like at the time. It was, yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. that. I, I, and it was like, everybody was trying to throw a gyro ball and nobody knew what a gyro ball actually was. <laughs> and now we're looking it's at so it funny. and like, yeah. And everybody think, and everybody knows about the gyro ball now. And everybody knows, you know, about the, about the sweeper. And, and I mean, I know when that craze started as well, cause it was Adam Adovino who's kind of started that thing, the, the, yeah that gyro type slider. And then it went on to like the Chaz road type of thing. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to see the the trends year in and year out. And I mean, Nate, you mentioned Patrick Sandoval. He was, I think I could be wrong. And I know baseball savant's not the most ideal thing to look at, but you look at what he did with team Mexico, he, what he did with team Mexico. And he was almost throwing two sliders. He was throwing one with uh, uh, a lot less vertical, like, like the Detmers gyro ball. And he was throwing one that was a little bit more of a sweeper. And we saw him throwing it extremely hard, extremely, yeah, extremely still, hard. Especially so, to Trout, he was, it, he was throwing it yeah. super hard to Trout. Yes, he was. So I'm probably now going to start a new video here for you, Lance. So start <laughs> yeah, looking hold on. I'm going to pull, pull up some stuff. We'll, keep, keep talking. <laughs> we'll, we'll, um, I'll send you it right now because Jared sent it to me. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I did a – As I, we're I did going. Do, it, it wasn't crazy, like, but, I mean, you saw some spin increase – you saw some um, some vertical break decrease, and you saw the horizontal go down a little bit too. It wasn't it wasn't a crazy amount, but it was like he was almost. And Patrick Sandoval too. Like I always always have to remind myself that Patrick Sandoval's delivery is an extremely extremely volatile delivery and not a very repeatable delivery either. So that could definitely be part of it as well um, with that side of stuff. So I mean, honestly, Lance, you you touched on everything that I wanted to touch on. It was love I, it. I, I I freaking love listening to this. Um, side of stuff. Uh, give, give me. I mean, we mentioned it off off the air here. We're, we'll mention it on our recording. Um, do you have any comps for uh, what Reed Detmers might be? <laughs> yeah, this is funny. So in the video, I I should have done. I hate. I hate. So funny. I, I generally am always a stickler on comps because, like, most of the time, every pitcher is kind of an aggregation of other pitchers. So I shy away from being like this pitcher is like another pitcher. But it's funny when I pulled the comps for Reed based on the projection I gave him, which is a little more aggressive than what you're going to see from like a steamer or wherever else you look on fan graphs. I went, I, I literally just sorted last year's pitchers based on comparable canine whip and strike um, uh, ERA. Just basic. Just was like, all right, who is in this area of like three, five with a good, maybe nine to 10 caper nine and reasonable one, two sub one, two whip. And I think Kershaw was there. So like, it's hilarious because I really don't want to compare Redemers to Kershaw, but I get in the video, it was like, I, and it's funny, you brought it up here and I thought of it. And I was like, wow, I never realized the ramifications of saying that in kind of calming a pitcher, so to speak. Um, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily know. I, I, I guess you could go with like a Kershaw light, but I really don't like saying that. I know it. it's not fair to Demers to say that, but it, yeah, but exactly. it is pretty close. 
<laughs> yeah, from a from a, but I'm also talking present day Kershaw too. Yeah, I'm, oh, that's like, true. I'm not talking like peak Kershaw. I'm talking yeah, like yeah. what is Kershaw doing right now? Obviously, we hope Reed gets more innings, etc. But yeah, I think oh, man, I don't really have a comp off the top of my head. I you know I'll, I'll just I'll throw out another name because he's a similar guy who threw a similar pitch, but he's actually changed the shape of the pitch as I understand it. He's a Royal starter, Daniel Lynch, also a lefty, a mm-hmm. little bit lower slot than Reed, but. Daniel Lynch also threw a gyro, threw like this gyro ball. He just didn't throw it hard. He threw like 83 to 85. And the thing got beat up. He it sounds like he went to Tread Athletics, which is a, oh, yeah. a, a facility in North Same. Carolina that does really Pretty cool similar. stuff, similar to driveline in terms yep. of some of the aspects of what they do. And uh his pitch is now like 88 to 90, but he's got what we you'd call, I'd say almost more like a sluttery cutter where it's got back spinaches allowing him to throw it harder so his is now like reads is like maybe right around zero zero so no spin induced movement no spin induced movement laterally or vertically whereas daniel lynch's is now getting some cut and it has backspin so his is like 88 and it's got like six inches induced vertical with like four inches glove side that's a really interesting pitch but I, those lefties that throw those kind of pitches. AJ Puck is another one actually i think he throws kind of a gyrary ball that the the marlins are obviously really like to acquire him um, there's a lot of these lefties that throw this kind of slingy slider where they get around the ball, but not a lot of them throw it as hard as Reed. I think that's the differentiator. So it's hard to come up with the comp in my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, when you, when you throw it, it's, it's almost like, again, not to compare him to Shohei Otani, but it's almost that Shohei Otani thing. When you're unique like that, you don't, you throw a pitch that not a lot of people throw. It's hard to, it's hard to find somebody. Um, and I appreciate yeah. the Clayton Kershaw comp. Um, <laughs> the, the reason he says that though, is because the, the big overhand hook like Kershaw had, and then Kershaw feels like, and he'll tell you this, like his next step of becoming like elite was when he figured out the slider. And yeah, it's sure. not the same. Obviously, it's not the same slider as as Detmers, but like that was the the next pitch that went off a different plane because all he had was the fastball, the curveball, and the changeup. And then he had added, added the slider, and it was like, oh boy, now yeah, he's got something yep. on a different plane, and this is not fair. Yeah. And Kirsch and, and Detmers, we've always said that about Detmers. It's like we're not worried about command. He's always had good command. We're not worried about, you know, the fastball, though it's ticked up this this offseason. Yeah, it's, really it's, cool yeah, it's um, great. 96, 97. Yeah. And then the big, the big, the big loopy curveball is a nice change of pace, you know, get me over in a sense pitch, but it's going to be that slider and that change up to make the difference for Reed Detmers. So um with that being said, Lance. I appreciate it. Nate, you got anything else for Lance? I mean, I could sit here and talk with Lance. Yeah, we could, we could do this all day, honestly. We'll have to sync up for another another slot sometime. I'm happy to hop on. Wait, okay, well, when you get when you get a Patrick Sandoval video out there, because I know oh, yes. I, I know I'm now sparking. <laughs> I got it. one on his changeup. Oh, do you? Did you oh, see that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see the change. We can chat a little about that. I'm gonna, I, I'll, I will, I'm gonna post that to my Twitter tonight for you. Um, cause I Go for it. So I, um, I appreciate you jumping on. Let everybody know where they can find you, find your work, all that fun stuff, man. Yeah, so primarily, primarily on Twitter, Lance Broz. Um, I, my YouTube is if the, I think if you just search Lance and then any picture that I've covered for so Redemers, it probably come up. Lance Broz might come up there as well. And I'm also on Marquee Sports Network a lot um, as kind of player development analyst. I'll be doing some stuff on the broadcast this year, cover the Cubs minor leagues and stuff. So yeah, kind of a jack of all trades, and I'll, I'll hopefully be adding a couple more networks to my repertoire this year. Absolutely, and with uh, with the MLB, everybody playing everybody now, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun for you out there. So um, thanks. Yeah, with with that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.